Hi, you guys. I'm your host, Shahira Jones, and welcome to another episode of Dating with Herpes. As always, it is my hope and prayer that you find this episode inspirational and informative. And yes, I'm late again. I know. (laughs) But am I the only one that feels like now that we've been quarantined, like these weeks are flying by? Like, is it because that we're not doing anything and we're losing track of our days? Like, it feels like these days are all blending together. And before I know it, it's another week. Um, I had promised you guys that I would try to come back on Saturday. As you guys already know, my um, family members, my dad and his um, wife specifically, um, were um, diagnosed with having COVID-19. Um, an update on that, on that is that they are both doing much better. My dad never actually went into the hospital. Um, he was sent back home because he had a milder case of it. Um, I'm not going to lie. He scared the heck out of me. Like one day I called him and he wasn't feeling that great. But when I called him the very next day, he sounded like he was on death's door. Um, not to exaggerate, but I was, I was really scared. Um, comes to find out it was more so his um lack of having dialysis because he does have diabetes um that was make that was causing um his health to really deteriorate and they do say that when you have underlying diseases it makes the you know the um severity of COVID-19 um far worse um but the the great news is that he's doing a lot better also, his wife is now home. Um, she's been home for, I want to say, almost a week now. Um, and they're both doing better. Um, they're not at 100% yet, um, but they are doing a lot better. My dad's spirits are way back up. So that lets me know that he's, you know, feeling, even though he's not 100%, he's feeling a whole lot better than he was feeling um when I spoken with him last week um and he's getting his energy back because his spirits are way up and he's joking and he's laughing like he always does so I'm just so grateful to God that they were able to pull through um seeing that you know he especially is older in age you know my my father is in his 70s um and he has underlying health problems I'm just glad that he you know was able to fight the virus off and um they're doing much better. Um, I think I'm in my sixth week of being quarantined. My job um, shut down prior to the state being shut down. So I've been home. And when I say I've been home, I have been really quarantined. Um, I'm an introvert by nature. So I don't have a problem with being by myself. I live by myself. I don't have a problem with being by myself. But because I am a little bit of a hypochondriac, I told myself that I would not go out unless it is absolutely necessary. Like if I have to go to um, the grocery store, if I have to pick up any medications, um, those are the exceptions. With also the exception, because I do have a little online boutique, um, with that exception too, I do have to ship. So I've told my customers that I'm only going to ship twice a week um, when I used to ship every day because where I work, there is a post office right across the street. So I was able to just take my packages every day. 
Um, so that has been a little bit of a change. And, and even though I am still selling, of course, we're not, I'm not selling how I used to. So business has slowed down, but I'm very thankful to God that I work a job, a real nine to five that is allowing me to stay home and work. Um, so I'm grateful for that. But yeah, what I was getting to is that I have been staying home, like for real, for real, (laughs) People in my state, I don't know about the rest of you guys' states, um, people in my state, specifically in my city, um, have been out and about. And every time I go out, there's, I mean, it looks like people are going to work. I know that the essential workers are still working, but it's so much traffic that it looks like nothing has changed. So I don't know how much, you know, people are adhering to um the um stay at home orders I know I am I know I have to worry about my health I don't know what I'm going to do when we do go back to work cuz my state specifically has extended the stay at home orders while other states are reopening um we will not reopen until the second week in May is what our governor has decided to do which I'm thankful because when we do open back up and I, and, and, and I, I understand that people have to work. Um, I feel for the people who can't work and can't get a paycheck right now. Um, my heart goes out to them, you know, them having to, to figure out ways to feed their families. I mean, it's dire times. But just speaking for me specifically... When we do go back to work, I don't know what I'm going to do because I'm such a hypochondriac. Um, (laughs) I just feel like I just prefer to stay home. Like, but that that's not really my job. They've they've taken into consideration that they had to, you know, that everybody's on lockdown. So they they're paying me and I'm working, but I'm not doing everything that I'm supposed to do because I'm limited on what I could do from home. Um, but when it's time for us to go back to work, I had a conversation with my mother the other day. I said, I have to figure something out because, um, this has really scared me. This has really scared me. And I know I can't stay in the house forever. I know that's impossible. You know, I know I can't live life, you know, hiding out in my home. Um, but it it really has taken a toll on me mentally um as far as being afraid you know i'm i'm just scared i'm scared to get sick i'm you know just like everybody else um we're just scared and um i'm just praying that you know i don't know i don't know how this is going to turn out for us but i'm just praying for the best and i'm praying for y'all i'm sorry to start this episode on such a downer um this that's just been on my heart um and I wanted to share with you guys the update and a little bit of my fears here I also want to um start off this episode by saying thank you to all of you who send me emails um you guys really don't know how much the emails help me you say that I'm helping you but your emails help me and I'm I'm feeling a little misty. I feel like I'm about to cry. Um I truly do believe that um my experience and what I've gone through and I know that my experiences are similar 
um, to everyone that listens. But I've always had a heart to help. I actually went to school um, for human and community services with the idea of going back into the community and helping specifically in the homeless community because at a young age, I had a a heart for the homeless population. So I wanted to make a difference um, there. I wanted to, uh, in my mind, one day open a transition home and assist those who want help um, to get back on their feet. And um, I went to school, got my um, bachelor's in human services as well as my master's in human services and I'm not working in that field um, as though I thought I would. One thing about God's plan for us, he plants seeds in our hearts and he gives us visions um, so that we can fulfill them. But what happens is that we plan our lives according to what we think is best for us. So I had planned this, you know, grandiose vision for my life. And not to say that when you have a vision that you can't um, fulfill those things, but in the same token, will you find fulfillment in what you're doing? That's the key. You can, you know, go to school and do all the things that you, you set your mind to do. But at the end of the day, do you find fulfillment in that thing that you're doing, in the work that you're doing? Um, Right now, I'm not technically being paid for what I went to school for. However, I was able to sit back one day and I actually was just talking to my mom. I went to visit her the last time I went to visit her and we were sitting at the dinner table and I told her how I was just thinking about how life is funny and how our plans, you know, it's that joke, you know, if you want to make God, God laugh, tell him about your plans. And I was just talking to her and I was saying, you know, when you step back from the, from a a picture, you can see more details than when you're close on it. And for me, I had to sit back and think about the journey that my life has been taking me. And although it may seem to the professional that I'm not working in my field of helping, because that's where my heart is, is to help. Um, On a different level, I'm fulfilling everything that I've learned in school through this podcast. And no, I'm not getting paid, you know, $100 an hour to, you know, assist or run a program or whatever it is or counsel or anything like that. I'm not getting paid that type of money, but the fulfillment of what I do is priceless. And that's why I say when you guys send me emails, it means the world to me. Um, Because sometimes even though I find fulfillment in it, sometimes I still doubt myself. Do, should I still continue to do it? Um, should I still continue the podcast? What more can I talk about? How else can I inspire? Am I done? And when I have those thoughts, I, I kid you not, every time I think about ending 
this podcast because I feel like, well, maybe the content isn't good anymore, or maybe I'm not touching anyone's life. I'll receive an email that makes me say, I'm doing what it is God has put me on this planet to do. I'm doing what he's asked me to do because this is confirmation. I mean, every time, it hasn't been a lot of times, maybe been three, like in the beginning, in the middle, and now, you know, not to say that this is the end, but every time I question it, if I'm doing is still um, relevant, I get confirmation that it is. So I want to thank the recent um, person that's emailed me. You may hear this podcast before um, I respond. I will respond. I respond to all of my emails. Um, But I just want to say to the audience at large, everyone that is listening, um, thank you for supporting Um, what I feel is my ministry just by listening, even if you don't email me, the fact that I can see that people are still tuning in means a lot to me also. So just thank you for your continued support. Thank you for the emails to show me that what I am saying is reaching people and it's making them think differently about the situation because I know that's what I needed when I was in that dark place and I couldn't find anyone really to understand what I was going through. I had a couple of friends, you know, that had, you know, the virus. I could, I could talk to them a little bit about it, but I didn't have a resource um, or a platform that I could go to. There wasn't podcast 20 years ago. You know what I'm saying? So I just, I, I thank you guys for continuing to listen and I thank you guys for for your support. That's all I'm going to say about that. All right. So now let's get into this episode. So the subject matter of this episode, and I'm, I'm going to be flying off of, um, not, I, I have a, I have a little, um, bit of research, as I said, um, on the last little update, but I, I still have it formatted it. And it actually is like six in the morning. I couldn't sleep. Um, I am still in school. I went back to school. Some of you know that, um, I went back to school for film, but, um, I've been busy with that. And so it's been distracting me. Um, cause I had some really big assignments. So I still haven't been able to format this episode, but I do have the research in front of me on a laptop. So if I pause, Forgive me. (laughs) Um, If it sounds like I'm reading, which it sounds like I'm reading all the time, forgive me for that as well. Um, But the, the, the subject matter of this episode came from, um, you guys know that I'm no longer with my ex and oddly enough, well, it's not odd to me because it always happens like that, but Maybe some of you don't become friends with your exes, but every time I break up with someone, they become my friend Um, or we remain friends, I should say. Um, I'm not in contact with everybody I've dated anymore, but when we break up, it's not a bad breakup. You know what I'm saying? Like we talk for a, a good while. Every now and again, they come back around to see how I'm doing. 
or whatever or try to try to hook up because I'm still open to talking to them. So they think they can try me, which it never works, but <laughs> never works. Once I'm done, I'm done. But um, but yeah, but with my my last breakup and you guys know that um, I really cared about him and I saw a future with him. It made me think about the last ones, like the previous ones, like the love of my life that I experienced um, and why we broke up. And thinking about all of that um, made me think, like, why do I keep getting in relationships that don't last? You know, I know a lot of people who listen to me, the majority of listeners that I have are in their 20s and 30s. and I'm in my 40s. Um, and I would have thought by this time, you know, I've had the virus for 20 years. I know that the, well, I'm not going to say I know that the virus is not an issue for a lot of the guys I dated. Because I really don't know what they truly think. They said that they were okay, but did it, did it, was it really okay with them? And so it it raised the question as to... My first question, I'll put it this way. My first question or theory was, um, maybe they weren't really okay with it. Maybe that me having the virus, I'm okay to date, you know, but as far as taking home to mom and building a future, um, it wasn't something that they could see. So, the first thing I did was I went to one of the um, Facebook um, herpes groups in the fa- on Facebook and I posed the question. I said, um, I forgot exactly what I said, so I'm going to paraphrase. I asked how many, no, I asked, are you in a serious relationship? If so, how long have you been in that relationship? Oddly enough, or I should say to my surprise, I got overwhelmed with people saying, yeah, I've been in a two-year relationship. Yeah, I've been in a 10-year relationship. Yeah, I'm married. I um, and, um, Side note on this, a lot of people were saying my gifter. I'm still with my gifter, meaning the person who gave it to me, they're labeling them as the gifter. That I don't understand. Like, I don't consider herpes to be a gift. If it is, I will gladly take the receipt and return it to where it came from. It is not a gift. But it's okay if you stayed with the person that gave it to you. It's, you know, that's your choice. Um, But just say that. The person who gave it to me, I'm still with them. Anyway, that's just my my little annoyed um I was annoyed by that but anyway so I was surprised by how many people were answering that they actually were in long-term relationships like one year all the way up to 15 years I think was the highest number of years that a person um in that group that responded um said that they were together um I actually got to the point where I had to turn off the comments. It was so many people commenting and it, it really shocked me. I thought, honestly, I was going to get, oh, well, no, they don't take me. You know, I, I thought I was going to get 
responses like how I felt, but I was proven wrong. Um, so after receiving those responses and, and getting my theory crushed to smithereens, um, I said, well, what is it about me then? I had to look inward. So I went out on my balcony and, you know, since we're quarantined, that's the only place I feel safe going. Went out on my balcony on a really nice day and I was just like, God, what is it about me um, that is attracting the wrong type of men? Hey, are you there? Are you listening? Come here, I got a secret to share with you. It's a private group on Facebook called DWH. (laughs) Hey, you guys, it's your girl, Yahira Jones. Yes, I've created a private Facebook group called DWH, which stands for Dating with Herpes. So how do you get to this group? Well, you have to go to facebook.com forward slash Yahira.jones.1. Again, that is facebook.com forward slash Y-A-H-I-R-A dot J-O-N-E-S dot the number one. That's the first step. Once you're there, I need you to send me an inbox message stating that you would like to join the Dating with Herpes private group. Once you've sent me that message, I will send you an invitation so that you can join the link. Now, this is a brand new page, so there's not a lot of content on the Hybrid Jones profile page, but I do have content on the group page. So again, go to my Facebook page, Jones.1. Send me an inbox message saying that you would like to join the group and then I will send you an invitation. That's the only way to join at this time, but I want this to be a place where all of my listeners can come, share their stories with other listeners, and just be a community with each other. There are other, of course, herpes sites out there on Facebook, but this one I've created especially for you. So join me there. See you soon. And I waited for a response. <laughs> I waited for a response. And um, I didn't get one, of course. <laughs> I didn't get one, of course. But what it made me do was to look up some of the things why we keep falling made before the wrong men. I know for sure that I have, especially with my ex, I ignored a lot of signs. Like there were things about him that I knew would annoy me, or I knew that I would grow tired of. One of the simplest things with him was that annoyed me and I knew that I would get tired of was the fact that he didn't like to kiss. And I'm a kisser. He would give me like a peck, but I would have to ask for it all the time, except for our first kiss, like our first kiss, he asked for it. But after that, I would have to ask, like, give me a kiss. 
come here, give me a kiss. I would have to say that all the time to get one. He would never initiate a kiss. And I remember one time I was like, do my breath stink? Like, why don't you want to kiss me? You know, like I'm starting to feel offended. And he just explained that he just didn't like kissing. It was just something about it. And I'm like, how were you married for so many years? You know, he's divorced now, but I was like, how, how were you married for so many years? And you don't like kissing. Maybe that's the reason why y'all divorced. Cause you don't like to kiss. You want to, you want to have sex, but you don't want to kiss. Like, I just, I, I couldn't get it. And I knew because I loved kissing so much, like I'm a kisser, I love it. And because he didn't like, I know, I knew that that would eventually be a problem for me because I mean, how long can you be in a relationship with somebody you keep asking them for a kiss and you not feel some type of way? I mean, I was feeling some type of way early on, but <laughs> But, you know, it it, it would have just been a problem. That was just one of, of a few things. There wasn't many, but there were a few things. Um, and I'll say one more just, just to kind of prove my point about, um, about red flags. He had trust issues also. And I didn't feel that I deserved um, that to be thrusted upon me. <laughs> I didn't, I felt like I didn't deserve that because I have, I had did nothing but to prove myself trustworthy. Number one, I told you about my status on our first date. I didn't hide it. I didn't wait months, you know, to tell you, I was up forward about a very serious situation. So that should prove that if anything is going on with me, I'm going to tell you, and I'm not going to sit here and hide it on top of that. I'm a very loyal person. Like if I'm dating you, I'm not, and I'm feeling you like that, like how I was feeling him. I'm not out here dating a whole bunch of people. Sometimes people think that's a bad thing, but I'm the type of person like when I'm in it, I'm in it. Even if we're not in a fully committed relationship, but early on, I knew I wanted to be with him. Even if he wasn't there at that point, you know, like even he, if even if he didn't feel the same way at the same time that I felt it, I knew I was ready to shut everybody off. And I did. Um, but at the same time, I can't prove to you no more than I can show you how loyal I am. If you feel that you can't trust me, then you won't trust me. And there's nothing I could say or nothing I could do to prove to you. Because in your mind, you still see me as untrustworthy. Even if you don't have anything, any proof of it, you will still see me as untrustworthy. And I felt like I didn't deserve that. And I knew the the more that we, like say for instance, if we have, you know, gotten married, which it wouldn't have happened. But let's say, for instance, we had gotten married. That insecurity would have grown and it would have destroyed our marriage. And yeah, so those were those were just two of the things that um, I saw as red flags. And I should have known that it wasn't going to work. But anyway, so like I said, I questioned um why do I attract the wrong men? So I actually brought up this article that I'm going to share with you. 
Um, it was actually an article in the Huffing, the I'm about to say Huffington Post, but it's HuffPost.com. Um, and I mean, it, it's just a, a little article, but I think that it had some really good ideas of, of some things that you should think of, think about. Um, if you are like me and you're finding yourself not constantly, um, finding yourself in the dating circle and not having long lasting relationships. So the name of the article is called seven reasons you keep falling for the wrong guy. The first, um, thing that it says is that you are afraid of being alone. Now I know that's true for myself. Um, even though me and my ex are not together, we, like I said, we are still friends. Um, I talk to him on a regular basis, but I have, I've came to, and the reason why we can, we can remain friends and I have no hard feelings towards him is because I came to the conclusion that we would not work. You know, for a while I held off hope that, you know, he would get his stuff together and, you know, he'll realize what's in front of him. I don't feel that way anymore. Um, I accepted that, um, the red flags was enough for me to say, you know, I don't, I don't think I want this anymore. And I'm, 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 I'm good with us just being friends. Excuse me. All right. But I brought that up to say this. Um, we had a really not deep conversation. It was a deep text messaging um, conversation. And um, we talked about our fears. It's funny how we could talk about our fears now after we're not together anymore. Um, and his fear was that the person that he ends, you know, that he, he fears that he will never find someone who truly understands who he is and what he needs. And I expressed to him that I have a fear that I will end up by myself, which is a very true fear, um, that I will, I will not get married, um, or I will not find my soulmate or that I will settle because of my fear that I will settle for someone like him, say for instance, someone that's not a good fit for me or someone who, um, who's just not right for me, um, because I'm afraid of being alone. Um, and one of the things that they said in this article is that when you think of the word single, that we tend to think that it's a dirty word. Now, I, I'm not going to lie to you. I don't want to be single forever. I've been single. Um, I'm, I do date a lot, but I don't get into a lot of relationships. Um, I've only had a few in my lifetime, like real relationships. Um, but I don't, I don't, I'm okay with being single. I just don't want to be single forever. You know what I'm saying? I want to eventually get married. And, and, and that fear of being alone, like I said, will cause us to settle for less than what we deserve. Um, that's the unhealthy part. And I'm, I'm trying to learn how to not operate in that fear Um going forward, especially after speaking to him about him and be to him about it and being real about it. Um, it's good to have also a male friend 
um, to talk to. And I have several um, that I didn't date as well as ones that I have dated. Um, A lot of the ones that I have dated are dropping off. Um, I guess they're finding love. (laughs) Um, But I I have two now. My recent ex and then the one before him. Um, yeah, we're still friends. I think he kind of thinks we're going to get back together. So every time he starts with that flirting stuff, I kind of go cold for a couple of weeks. <laughs> All right. So the second thing, um, it says in this article is you have, you haven't given thought to your relationship deal breakers. Like I said, for me, initially when, um, I started dating my ex and I realized that he had trust issues. I should have, that should have been a deal breaker for me. Nobody deserves to be in a relationship with someone who doesn't trust you or fully trust that you're going to be faithful to them. It's too much pressure. And what I did was I took it upon myself to try to prove to him that I'm loyal and prove to him that I'll be faithful. The problem is, is that you'll never be able to do that because that's in that person's mind. They have to see that you are going to be faithful or you are trustworthy on their own. My theory, my um saying is anytime I enter into a new relationship or just a friendship in general is I'm going to trust you until I can't. When I enter into a new relationship of any kind, I go in it with 100% faith that you're, you're a trustworthy person, right? I'll trust you until you do something to prove that you're untrustworthy. And I think that that should be, this is my personal opinion, might not be yours, but I think that should be the staple of every relationship that we have. Like why go into a relationship saying, Oh, I'm not going to trust you. You gotta, you have to gain my trust. Do you know how hard it is to gain someone's trust of a person who's skeptical of you already? It's almost impossible. You're constantly working to gain this person's trust. And who's to say that they're ever going to trust you. That's too much work. So anybody who if I meet a new guy and they say, oh, you got to, you know, when I meet people, they got to gain my trust. That's an automatic no for me. Now, when my ex, he didn't tell me that. This was an underlying thing that he never voiced. It's what he showed me that showed me that he didn't trust me. And then after we broke up, he spoke about it. I don't think I'll ever trust anyone because of what his ex-wife did. So I learned that, but that wasn't something that he told me um, up front. The third thing um, on this list is you think that you can change him. That's another reason why you we fall for the wrong guy. And again, I go back to my ex. I thought that I could prove to him um, that he could trust me. I thought that over time he would begin to want to kiss me. You know what I'm saying? Um, other than, you know, not to, not to down him. The reason why I kept trying with him is because there were so many great, um, things about him. He's he's a great guy. Like I would not knock him. Like, 
you know, if somebody asks me, you know, like say I go, we become friends enough and we end up going on a double date and his new girl says, well, how was he when you date, when y'all dated? I, the only thing I could really say is that he, he's a great guy, but I hope he's gotten over his issues. You know, he has his own personal issues, but he's, he's a really good guy. So it's nothing, you know, I don't have any ill feels towards him, but I did think that I would change his perspective on things. I thought that I can open him up. And I think that's the plight of a lot of women because we're nurturers. The places where um, men have um, uh, deficits, we feel that we could add into their lives to make them feel whole. The thing is, they have to feel whole on their own before entering into a new relationship. And that was the thing that kind of pissed me off when we did, you know, when we were in the ending stages. And, you know, we got kind of confrontational a couple of times was the fact that he pursued me. I was minding my business. <laughs> I was minding my business on Facebook. You know what I'm saying? He slid into my DMs. So if you know you have some issues, because he knows he ha- he knows he has trust issues, right? We've we've expressed this after we broke up. If you know you have trust is- issues, is wouldn't it be wise for you to seek counseling or seek something, read some self help books or something to fix yourself before you enter into a relationship? I mean, that's the, that's the wisest thing to do. Why enter into a relationship when you know that you're still broken? It's not going to work. It's not going to work that way. All right. So number four, you haven't figured out what you need in life independent of the relationship. I think this is a good one. I think a lot of people, like I just said, they, um, want the other person, they feel that, oh, well, how do I word this? They feel that being in a relationship will make everything all right. That all they need is love. It'll be all right. Love is important. Love is important. Love can be healing. Um, but if you, I mean, it's basically just what I, what I just said about the last um, topic. If you, if there's a deficit in your life, like say for instance, you don't know what you want to do with your life. You're not going to find out just because you're in a relationship. You still have to seek yourself. You still have to find that quiet time. You still have to look within and figure out what brings you joy if you, even if you're not in a relationship, what brings you joy? What brings your joy by herself without the help of a mate? What brings her joy? If you can't figure that out on your own, your mate is not going to be able to do that for you. Now they may help you with your vision, right? They can push you into your vision. They could support you in your vision, but they can't give you the vision. Your vision is your own. That's what's in your soul. It's up to you to find out what it is you're on this planet for. What is your purpose 
on this planet. The only person that can help you with that is yourself. And if you're religious and if you believe in God, you can say, God, help me to discover this. You know what I'm saying? Nobody outside of your being is going to, I mean, and, and you can, I, I, I'll put it this way. A man and a woman gets together, right? And they're a great couple. But before entering into the relationship, one of the partners, I'm not going to gender bias here. One of the partners don't know what they want to do with their life. The, the partner A doesn't know what they want to do with their life. Partner B comes into the relationship with a vision and say, you know, I want to be, you know, the biggest thing on YouTube, right? Partner A says, I want to do that too. I want to support you in that. I want to help you with that. And you guys work together and you become the biggest thing on YouTube and you generate a lot of money doing so. But partner A starts to figure out, you know what? I'm missing something. This is not really what I want to do with with my life. This is fun, but this is not fulfilling. I'm not feeling full. I'm not finding joy in this. It's a job. You know what I'm saying? So you have to figure that out separately um, before wanting to be in a relationship. Number five. You choose guys who have eerily similar qualities. Qualities They have similar qualities. Um, I'm going to read this because I sometimes like that. I know that you have to, I guess it's almost just like what I, what just, what I just talked about. My thing is, let's say, I, I actually did meet somebody, guys, but it... it recently <laughs> but it's still in like you know it's in the new newness and I don't know where it's gonna go it doesn't look good but um yeah I'll use this as an example because it, it fits so um I met someone recently I mean actually at the beginning of quarantine and um he's he's really cool and we have a lot, when I say we have a lot of things in common, we have a lot. Like I'm in film school right now. He wants to do movies. Um, I have a podcast. He does YouTube. Um, um, I like to sing. He likes to sing. I mean, it's a, it's a lot of, I'm a night owl. Hence the reason I'm up to six in the morning um, without any sleep. He's a night owl. He actually works at night. Um, it's so many things that are similar. The problem is, I think we're too similar. I mean, it's great to have someone who likes the same things as you, but then you start to question if is this a genuine connection? Is this um are you just saying that you like the same things that I like? Um, now I have been able to vouch that, you know, he does have a YouTube page and all of that stuff like that. But I think we get a little too eager when we find someone who likes the same things. You ever heard the, the, the same opposites attract? The reason why opposites attract is because the opposite sometimes keeps it interesting. 
when you don't share so many similarities, when you're not almost the same person, it keeps it a little bit more interesting. Um, yeah, that's all I'm going to say about that because I'm actually experiencing this. And the reason why um, I feel like it may not work, even though we have so much in common and he's a cool dude, um, he's also very sensitive. That's one of the similarities that we share. I'm a Pisces, even though he's not. Um, but I'm a Pisces, so I'm super sensitive. Um, I get offended easily. Um, yeah, I do. I get offended easily. And I'm noticing he does as well. Um, and yeah, I don't, I, I just don't know if I, I, I want that. Not to say that sensitive man is not a good man. Um, but if I didn't do anything to offend you, like I honestly didn't, <laughs> I'm not just saying it. Um, but if I didn't do anything to you personally, like if I just said something in general and you get mad and now you're offended, like, why are you being so sensitive? It's not that serious. Anyway, I digress. I'm moving on to number six. Um, you may be afraid of commitment without even realizing it. Have you ever thought about that? Do you self-sabotage your relationships and you don't even realize it? Do you be do you become um what's the word? Um what's the word I'm looking for? Combative and you don't realize it? Does that sound like me? <laughs> Does that sound like what I just described in number five? <laughs> But honestly, um, sometimes we self-sabotage and it's because we're afraid of commitment. I know that I'm not afraid of commitment. So this, this example is not really me, but some people are afraid of getting hurt more than getting rejected. They're afraid of falling in love and falling deeply in love and then losing love. So when they feel themselves getting too close to someone, and that was my ex's issue. Because we were getting so close to each other, he began to panic. Um, and that's just how some people are. So, you know, you have to learn how to um, um, heal from that, you know, and a acknowledge that fear. And the last one was, do you think that you deserve better? Or you think that you deserve better? Um, this is a tricky one for me because I think we always want the best and there's always, especially just in dating, if you're in a relationship and, you know, I mean, it could even happen when you're in a, in a long, like five year relationship. So I think this, this never goes away. Um, it doesn't even matter how madly in love you are you are with the person. I think it comes from us um, being competitive. Like we'll see another relationship and we'll say, oh, well, they do this and, and they they have that. And, you know, and, you know, they they act like this towards each other. We don't act like that towards each other. Maybe, you know, um, I settled, you know, we, we begin to play these, these scenarios in our mind and it's all because we want to have, um, or we daydream about lives 
being better or the grass, we see that the grass may be greener or think that the grass may be greener on the other side. Um, so yeah, that's, that's how we self-sabotage as well. All right. So I think that that's going to do it. I mean, God, I'm I'm at 46 minutes, y'all. I'm so sorry. I'm sitting here talking my head off. This is what happens when you don't script out, <laughs> you don't structure your, your podcast, but I'm going to go on that note. Um, I hope this was kind of fun. Um, I said, I want to get back into doing, um, more relational, um, podcast, um, and not so much, um, not so much. Um, yeah, that's what I said I was going to do. <laughs> anyway, you guys, if you want to hit me up, if you like this episode, if you want to talk about, um, a previous episode, if you have any, um, topic ideas for future episodes, hit me up at Yahira Jones Hope at gmail.com. That's Y-A-H-I-R-A-J-O-N-E-S, um, H-O-P-E at gmail.com. If you're listening through Anchor, you can submit a message to me by pressing the message button at the bottom of the screen. If you're listening through Spotify or any other streaming platform, you can go to my show notes and leave me a message there. All right. I hope you guys are taking care of yourself. Um, Don't be crazy and spend your stimulus checks going shopping, you know, be careful, you know, wear a mask. Um, I mean, I, we don't know how long this thing is going to last. Hopefully, um, hopefully we can get back to normal sometime soon, but until next time, I'm your host, Shahira Jones, be safe and God bless.